You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club. I am your host, Parisha, and my co-host with me this week are Marianne Love from Melbourne, Australia. And we have also Geraldine Dahl-Vival, or who we are calling, addressing LOA, okay? And she's from Sydney. So we do have a couple of Australians here with us, and we have Rosemary Heyer from Frankfurt, Germany. We have uh, Steve from somewhere in Canada, I think it's Toronto, and we have uh, Joyce Mullenhauer with us today, who is in Arizona, and we may be joined by Trina Cooper, who will be joining us from Denver. Our uh, co-host, Maria Jacques today is actually having surgery, so we appreciate any and all of you that would send and believe in prayer and energy to send her all good things that would work very much okay so basically we will start we're we're working over the last few weeks and we have a couple of more weeks to do with john dr john martini's book the gratitude effect and uh, it's really neat to see I've, I've seen other gratitude books and they get pretty deep into spiritual practices and everything else and I'm I'm really impressed how John actually takes gratitude toward actually working in how this works with business and giving business suggestions. So he takes it into the different doorways of life, not just within the spiritual spectrum of obviously expecting and the benefits there of gratitude. And uh, we're going to start today with actually discussing and uh, uh, giving our own input on what he's put into what chapter seven. Okay, and how he's titled is, is if, if all pulled in one direction, the world would keel over. I mean, <laughs> I totally agree. And I can, I would just see, I've often seen in how I do my visualizations, whenever I'm praying for peace and harmony and stuff, and there are times that reality sets in and it shows me. So if everything just become peaceful and harmony, you just have a big bowl of jello, you know, <laughs> and and it has actually affected my my eating habits because I will need Jello. I can't. I, I seem to have a hard time eating Jello because that's the visualization that comes up whenever I think of us all getting on the same wavelength. Okay, so I totally understand this chapter when he talks about the importance of opposites. Okay, and we have a quote here from the Dalai Lama. Okay. It is the enemy who can truly teach us to practice the virtues of compassion and tolerance. I say a whole great one. Yes, that is a fact. And uh, there's one more part I want to open up with and actually read to you. So we choose not to read the book on the air, but this is just too much to pass in case some of you don't have your book. I'd be on 186 and I'm in the middle paragraph. 
We are going to attract our assumed opposites until we realize that we are just human beings with their own, with their own values who are serving the world as much as we are. They both support and challenge and build and destroy. All opposites are necessary in the world and our so-called opponents are just as valuable as we are. Society is built like a jigsaw puzzle and where every piece is unique and invaluable. If every piece were exactly the same, I would take it back to the store and demand a refund. We need our opposites in order for the whole puzzle to fit together and for the big picture to emerge. The gratitude effect emerges when we embrace both sides wholeheartedly. I think I can only say a ho to that and say yes, that, that kind of sums up everything we're going to be discussing and sharing with you about the chapter this week. Okay, so we're going to start with Rosemary Heyer in Frankfurt, Germany. And Rosemary, are you with us? And what did you get out of this chapter? Yeah, thank you. Well, I see that chapter actually for always looking out for the complementary opposite, that when we find the negativity, we find the positive, And when we have positive, we find the benefits even for the negativity. There's always opposite. And that seems to be universal law, that life is always moving toward balance. And one area he was talking about is if we only look for a certain kind of people for our business and projects, we are really limiting ourselves. And someone might be more spiritually inclined or has a certain cultural background and hopefully the same. And if we allow for the opposite traits of the other person, we have much more opportunities. I remembered when I had a travel business, I was looking for business partners who had much more experience in business, especially financially. And I really met interested candidates, but I did not follow through with one, none of them because they were so different than I was. <laughs> they were just more logical and more structural. And so I didn't really get anybody. And if I, what I would know today, I would have loved to welcome them in my business. And that's what the Martini means. He says, always allow for both sides and balance. I like his statement on page 187 also. Anything you have an emotion about runs you. Everything you love, you get to run it. And so when something negative happens, I think it's really important that we quickly, very quickly get our emotional reaction in check and that we allow our frontal brain to be active and have control and clarity. And then we are in control and we run it. But what love really for me is, is to always look for the opposite, to find the balance. That's the love in it. And that reminds me of a statement we use in Germany. We like to say sometimes to someone, always stay creamy, stay creamy. Don't get too loose and don't get too hardened and too negative. Always stay creamy. Just be adaptable to the different parts to both sides. And he makes also some very important points regarding family and relationships I find very helpful. He says, and we know all that already, every, everybody, everything is truly a mirror. And everything we see and all we have around us represents our beliefs and our traits. And we, when we see the negative opposite in another person, we often dislike it. But we always have these parts ourselves. There's no exceptions, says Martini. We all have similar traits. 
And they might have been laying dormant, or in my case, I did not want to even accept that I was like that person, controlling or lying. No, not me. But he says the animal is always inside of us. And another illusion he points out, we often want to change a person according to our values. And he makes a very important point, which I discovered in relationships. There is no appreciation and no genuine love the moment we start to change the other person. And that is really an important part. He also talks about severe negative events, uh, especially about 9-11 in 2001. And what he did immediately was he made a long list of benefits. And he has been trained to do that immediately to, and to change the energy. But we also have noticed in hindsight the benefits of COVID. You know, there's so much home office now, and there are teachers who were having maybe 100 people in their seminar, and now they have thousands. So to find a negative event, we make it negative in our judgment, and make a point, what are the benefits, immediately changes everything. And he also, I like his statement at the end, as in on page 216, he says uh, that he gives up striving for happiness because it made him sad. He prefers the true balance and power of the gratitude effect, appreciating both sides. Instead of living in a fantasy, everybody's happy and everybody is kind, he, he thinks that leads to depression because it's against the law. We cannot live a one-sided life. And to summarize what I got so far, and there's so much more I can share later, is when we experience the opposite, we are challenged to change our perception, to look for the balance, seeing both sides, negative and positive. This is broadening our perspective. This is growth. We see the world then differently. This is actually the gift of life and the divine order wants us to grow by living in balance. That's what I wanna share right now. Yeah, that's real good. And uh, we, we encourage you, our listeners, to go to our uh, Facebook because each one of the co-hosts have actually written articles with far more maybe responsive details of what's in the chapter than what we have airtime for. So definitely to, uh, to your benefit to actually check in with them on uh, the Facebook, okay, and get, that, get, and get some more in-depth information. We do suggest that you buy the book, and that is The Gratitude Effect by Dr. John Martini, and actually see how very helpful. I In each book that we read, though I can tell you at 81, I probably went through more books than whatever you could say. I don't choose books to learn from. I like to just find how I get through a book is actually kind of look through the chapters first. So I've come to where I don't read from cover to cover. I look through chapters and when I find chapters that maybe suggest something I haven't seen before, I go for it. So in this book, I have had to look at each chapter because there, John is uniquely putting in little stuff like I, I consider, you know, like little jewels here and there and things that you can actually use. So it's really beneficial for you to have the book and actually follow, follow through with it. And we're going to go now to Joyce Mollenhauer in Arizona. Joyce? Yes. Uh, one of the things that really struck me in the way this gentleman writes in this book is he uses a lot of picturesque words that help me to really absorb what he's trying to say. 
So he, he talked about um, actually having a full bouquet of pro and anti, this and that. And in our own lives, it's sometimes very easy to just consider what we are um, supporting without taking the time to, to understand, well, what are we against? So that we can get our balance ourselves in our own lives. And that's really, really important. And he talks about the giant jigsaw puzzle that each of us is unique and invaluable and our views are unique and invaluable. And that's because of our values. And do we know our values and do we stand for our values? So he challenges in this and he challenges world leaders. And he talks a lot about 9-11 and amazingly comes up with three solid pages in the book of benefits, not, not so much benefits, but the, the opposites of the destruction that there were actually some very constructive um, happenings because of 9-11. And he uses the Twilight Zone from the TV as a episode example of a person who came out of their, their home one day and didn't like the way this person looked or the way this person spoke. And he found himself saying during the day, I just wish everybody was the same as me. So then he woke up the next day and everybody was the same as him. And it just ended up being a really powerful lesson. He decided on the third day, he wanted everybody to go back to who they were. So that's pretty neat. And why half of the world does not like me is because we haven't accepted and, and the fact that we lose some energy over worrying about some people not liking us, we lose sight of the fact that we also represent both sides of this balance of negative and, and positive. So that with challenges, we grow, we can become empowered, we can learn gratitude through looking at our challenges from both sides of the picture. So that's, those are the most important things that I have gained from this chapter. That's really, really good. Thank you very, very much for that. And I agree with you. I, I, I seem to learn better from storytellers, people who put stories around their message and stuff. It gives me something to relate to. And I think as far as memory, it, it helps me with memory as, as well as remembering what it was. And then. So yes, John is very gifted with that. He is quite a storyteller. Okay, we're going to move on now, and we will actually let Elloway there in uh, Sydney, Australia. Elloway, what did you get out of the particular chapter this week? Multiple things, but one of them is a key that has been, uh, that we've talked about a lot, that what we're actually seeing and experiencing life, we have a responsibility, as in we can respond with ability, to know that we have a role in creating that. And so he starts again, you know, talking about the complementary opposites and the balancing of opposites and that we may see things as challenges, but they're part of what's there. And I recall how, you know, a very common teaching and a powerful teaching um, from Grandmother Prussia is about the sun and the electromagnetic radiation from the sun coming in contact with the Earth's electromagnetic field and where those two come together, that resistance of the two pushing against each other is what makes the sunshine. And that sort of underlying principle then, anything to, to look at, it's, it's that ability of saying, 
it gives us examples. This was seemingly bad if we look at one side of it, but if we allow ourselves to look at the other side, there was something that came from it. He gives a lot of examples about people moving through strength and growth when they're um, saying something was happening to them and making their life bad. He was then able to ask some questions so they could say, well, actually that experience made my life stronger. So he, he shares that reality won't fit into my fantasy is sometimes a common statement that's made. And how do we look at that? Well, we've got to drop the fantasy. When people are really addicted to happiness and not seeing a sadness as part of them, like you shared, the world is sort of a jello then. If we want people just to be nice around us all the time, we can get addicted to wanting people to be nice. And then when someone's not nice, it can really rock you. And again, you're allowing yourself to be affected rather than being in cause. Whereas if we're always finding the positive, we're still in cause. Even if a negative thing happens, we still have the choice then. And as, as he said, you know, it's not reality that bites. It's our perception of reality bites. That was another standout little saying there. Um, he said that when he was a child, you know, he was, there was a time he was almost bullied and the thing that came to mind was to bark like a dog. Like who would have thought that? But then he said, okay, he got out of that one, which was nice, but it also made him stronger, made him decide to be more aware who's around, work out at the gym. It's the same as he said, as I love Irish things because that's part of my genetic heritage. And he said an Irish saying is there's two tellings to every story. The rain for a farmer is a problem for a bride, unless the bride loves the rain too. So be aware that it's there. Instead of trying to shut it out, be aware that there are these two sides. And practice transforming our own perceptions and know that if we see something in someone else that we don't like, like as the saying is, if you see a speck in your brother's eye, there's likely to be a log in your own eye. You know, we'll be blinded by something we see and then we're projecting it onto another person. He moves towards the end of the chapter again by giving us powerful things to self-reflect because this isn't a book just to read. This is a book to do. And at the end, some of the exercises uh, find something terrible that's going on in the world and find an opposite to it. And there's a number of other questions you can do with that. Another exercise is find something that you've never said thank you for in your own life and find multiple reasons to see how that brought something great in your life and three make an effort to be adaptable and I love this one bring new people into your life hold events don't wait to be invited you do them and so they're key key parts from this chapter and remember to move out of our fantasy world where we're expecting others to make our world soft and cushy and realize that we're a reflection so if we're seeing it out there it's reflecting what's still in us and there's this, this concept that's presented that we attract the disowned parts of ourself. So if we haven't worked with something, not only is it a reflection that we're seeing in others, but we attract that into our life because then we're able to work on it. Really, really good. Okay. Thank you very much for your points. I agree. Okay, we're going to move now to Denver, Colorado, because our, our co-host Trina has joined us. Welcome, Trina. Glad you could make the time. Today, I've had to like move around and we've bounced the time back and forth of what when we got started. And, and I really am grateful to all of my co-hosts for actually just kind of rolling 
through time with me and meeting the particular schedules and stuff. And so Trina, thanks a lot for finally getting back on. So what did yeah. you think of this chapter? Well, this chapter was interesting to me because I felt like I've used these ideas to find balance in my life for a while. And it was so cool for me to actually see it written in a book, written on pages. Because one of my pursuits in life has been find that balance, improve the weaknesses, um, don't be the victim, all these things. And he talks about all of this in the chapter. Um, it's called, if we're pulled in one direction, if we're all pulled in one direction, the world would keel over. And if we, and I loved his example in this book about the fact that if someone got up and started thinking, oh my gosh, I wish they were like me. I wish they were like me. I wish they were like me. And he gave the example of the twilight zone with that happening. If everybody was just like me, I know I would hate it. And that was the point he was making. What makes the world rich, what makes life interesting and fun is the fact that everything is different, everything's changing, everything's moving, and that um, we learn from this. We learn from the challenges and we learn from our adversaries and we learn from every experience that we have. So he talks right up front about the world being full of complementary opposites. And so if we're looking at something one way, we're going to draw something in that's the opposite perspective so that we can learn from that opposite perspective. And in I've done a lot of work in politics, both with um, candidates and especially issues. I love the issue side of things. And I spent my time asking my opponent in those situations, why exactly do you feel that way? What is, what's your perspective on it? Why is that good for you? And, and the position I have is bad. And sometimes you find that win-win situation simply by asking those questions. And that's what he says we really need to do is take a look at the opposites. Because when we stand rigid in something, that's when things blow up. That's when wars occur. That's when fights occur. And it's much better to sit down and say, how can we make this work? I want to understand you. I want to love you. I want you to understand me, love me. And maybe we have to agree to disagree, but at least we've reached an agreement at that point. Another thing he talks about is one half doesn't like me. That's on page 190. And I've used that. I, I had to get to a place in me, he says, right up front. Half the people are going to like what I say. Half the people aren't. And in learning to be a public speaker or to speak out on things, some people are going to agree with you and some people will get up and walk out. And you can't take that personally. You just have to realize that they may have a different perspective or a different interest and that they're getting up for whatever. They may even have an emergency. You don't know. So that's that's something um, to learn from with people. Then the piece about thank God for bullies. I thought he brought out a really interesting point there that if you're being bullied, you really need to look at it as that there's a weakness in you that that's being reflected back to you. Or maybe that person feels you're a bully because in his example, you're really highly intellectual and you do well in school and they feel inferior. So again, sit back, do the reflections and start to look and say, what are they reflecting back to me? What's important here? It's important in telling the two stories that 
everyone who sees or experiences something will see it from a different perspective. So no matter how many people will witness something, everyone has a different take on it. And that to me is an important thing to remember when someone didn't see the same thing as you. It may just be that it's not something that appeared to be important to you that was really important to them. And the piece about 9-11, the silver lining and the blessings that are there, to look at the challenges, to look at the tough things that, that you come up against in life and be able to sit down and say, what is the blessing coming out of this? What's the lesson I'm learning? You don't have to be the victim or the aggressor. You can really look to find the balance in your life. And so one of the statements that I love to live by is see your challenges as blessings and your enemies or adversaries as angels. And I, I just love that saying. So that's what I wanted to share today. Okay. And I appreciate that you took us through the chapter by actually covering the various headers and subjects where he changes. So I appreciate that. That's a very thorough report and review. I deeply uh, am inspired that you can do that. Okay. And some of the things that we want to look at that the points you made is one of the things that I'm pretty well noted for, and I see a lot of people quoting me these days, is that, you know, when you look at the fingerprint, we all have a fingerprint. And we can be found anywhere in the world by our fingerprint because no one else, no matter how many human beings there are on the face of this planet, nobody has your fingerprint. So to me, that's always been so logical and makes sense then that nobody ever is going to see things the same way as I see them. I just accept that. Okay. And that once you begin to realize that how you see something, no one else is going to see it exactly that way. And then it allows you to become creative and look at the elephant from all kinds of directions, because at some point, you're going to hit something familiar to the others in whatever you're talking about. So it's when we're very narrow on our own particular self-enclosure here, where we're very self-centered and locked in and rigid, we aren't open and we're not able to, we're not creatively communicating. And communicating by actually including opposites and giving what we would consider reflections of it. Uh, being raised very much in uh, the Cherokee Native American culture that I was, Everybody used the tools of the shaman, and that was, as you had said, and sharing questions, actually asking questions that gives us the ability to hear someone else's and to actually be able to take in what they see that we haven't noticed. So basically, our brains being actually programmed or set up to actually see and work with us and how we are individually different, okay? we do have to realize that everything around us is going to be different. And it's when we are inclusive with that, when we're allowing for that, when we're even prepared for that, that we finally can get somebody on the same page with us or actually hear it. I've never found anything I've said, and, and purposely, I'm a, con I'm a confrontational uh, speaker and I do I automatically am very easily creating controversy 
Now, other people see that as a negative. I purposely see where I'm at and I consider where the opposite is going to be on all of that. And because I will address that opposition in favor of or even in, in uh, measuring that opposite or difference, that people see that as controversial. And uh, however you want to label it, that's what it is. But I actually embrace that because that, that stimulates people to think. That, that actually creates people to interact. If you're sitting there just blah, 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 trying to sit, you know, in, in harmony and say and have favored reactions to everything you're saying, you're going to be one boring speaker. I like to challenge that. I like to actually put that challenge there. I want, I want the interaction. I want the coming back. I want to see what's in front of me with what I'm doing. So I purposely put things in that I know will create response. I'll ask questions that I actually, when I feel that people aren't being open enough with what they're saying, I'll begin to ask questions. I don't, I don't need to tell them what my answer is. I want to know what they're thinking. So you want to use that in relationships and it wouldn't matter if it's your children or if you're just dating or if you're getting married or if it's with your parents or whatever, you want to realize that you want to ask the questions that actually are different than where you're thinking and see what kind of inner communications and the connectedness that happens with that because it works very, very powerfully. So we're going to move on now to Marianne Love, who's in Melbourne, Australia. And what did you get out of this chapter? I got a whole lot out of this chapter. And it's mainly like thinking about how you can work with the opposites and feel at peace with that. And in fact, find enjoyment out of that. And he's talking in the first part of the book about how when we just take one side, it's reflecting our own rigid thinking. And if we're having that reaction, we can look at ourselves and then explore within ourselves what is parts of ourselves that we're actually denying or not owning where have we become locked into a particular perspective and by by feeling that reaction you can start to observe and start to explore other perspectives in the world and that we actually need all the perspectives to make up the whole and in fact by being able to do that we become better leaders um, we bring the most out in others and we can um, bring the most out of it ourselves by able being able to hold both sides um, and he, he, he points to the fact that harsh love actually helps people become independent and soft love actually can help people become dependent. So I think in all of this, it's helping us come to peace with what is inherent on this planet, which is the opposites. And I know it's hard to sort of deal with, but if we can accept not being liked, then we can face, I mean, we can do the things that uh, I feel you were just saying, grandmother, we can challenge the audience because, and we can help people think because it isn't about us being liked or disliked. It's actually about the outcome that you're going for. Um, and he even spoke about um, in the book, how he was getting an award as a chiropractor where thousands of people were honoring him. And at the same time, people were picketing outside of Baptist church somewhere um, saying how much they hated him and what he was saying and what he was sharing and that that all occurred at the same time on the same day and that helped him to see the well as soon as I get all this love I'm going to get all this hate and I just have to embrace the fact that opposites exist on the planet 
and to fight against it is really a futile game. It just is what it is. Um, and I like how he shares about um, how we go into suffering if we try just to say this world should we should be happy all the time we should be kind all the time we should be all these loving things all the time and that we put that value on ourselves and others and it's not realistic and it's painful in fact to do that to ourselves that as soon as we embrace the opposites within ourselves and the opposites within others then we become freer and happier um, which is often what my clients talk to me about as soon as they've embraced their anger and their shame and all the negative things they can just be themselves and it's just oh good we can live more peacefully um on the planet so and the other point i really liked about what he was saying is that often when we're having a reaction to somebody else we're actually disowning a part of ourselves and so it's really easy to project onto other people but actually if we just look within if we're having a reaction there's probably a part of ourselves that we want to meet and make peace with and so every situation is really an invitation every reaction we have is an invitation of self-exploration and looking and taking responsibility for parts of ourselves that we deny um yeah so it's so it's so rich this this chapter and i guess on the final point i think he gives us a good process of when there is adversity how can we immediately look for the balance of opinion in it so we don't get skewed. How can we look for the blessing in really, say, awful situations like 9-11? He listed like pages worth of blessings that came out of 9-11, which you wouldn't automatically think to go to. So I think he's given some really good ways of us looking at our own thought paths. I agree. And, and, and you know, I, I get into deep thought. I, I mean, I, uh, I enjoy finding like-minded people, not people so much that are 100 percent where I'm at but at the same time very much like-minded and I think about things like this you know and I think about how different we each are and the beauty in that and the interest in that and the contrast in that and that only as human because all my whole life I've spent just actually trying to learn more about human what what does that mean to be human what does that mean to be alive what does what is this what is this I mean my world is made up of seeking answers for the thousands and thousands and millions and millions of questions I can come up in a few seconds, okay? And so actually looking and watching myself and watching, being an observer, watching people, I'm not so much interested in TV and movies and stuff. I like to go places where there's people just jammed like shopping centers or events and stuff and my whole thing is just to sit and watch people, study them and watch them. Having the ability to see aura and energy definitely, yes, makes it very, very interesting. But the other part of it is just to watch us, just to watch human, okay? And how, and see all those differences. You know, like if you're out there observing and looking at 20, 30, 100, maybe 1,000 people and just watching them, and realizing every one of them are me. We are interconnected and everything that's going on right now in my awareness and in my understanding, all of that is me. And it pushes you once you once you get that and you start watching that, you begin, you have to have some humor about yourself. You can't take yourself serious with all that going on. And then 
then like I look and I expand my my awareness out into the greater environment. Once once I'm watching people, I watch how they interact with trees or they interact with a bench or how they interact with somebody walking a dog or a person that has a dog or the children or even the breeze, the sun, the heat. I start looking at all of the elements and all of the particulars that are in that space that I'm working from. And when I do that, I, I begin to have such a sense of personal respect to understand the gift. And beloveds, our life is a gift, a precious gift. And only while we are experiencing and working as observer with the body, do we get to actually involve ourselves with emotions and feelings. They're not there once we take away from the body. The body itself, the companion that we as a spirit have with our body, that communion, is that all of the things that we usually make crippling problems and call ourselves victims over and everything else is the gift. So when you're accepting the opposites and you're accepting the complexity and you're accepting the differences, it isn't because they're not you. It's because they are you that you can actually comprehend that they exist. And that when you get involved with being with it and not opposing it or being against it, but letting it in and feeling where it's at with that, that, that ability that we have with the body to take these things in and allow ourselves to experience them. Once we pass from the body and we are back in pure spirit, you don't have that. Understand that to be born and pick up a body is life. And you don't want to waste a breath of that. You don't want to seal yourself in and think it has to be all about you or that you even have to work at making something important of yourself. That's all in your conception of you. And Dr. Martini covers that so well, working through all of his handicaps and everything people were labeling as oppositions in his life. Look who he's been today, you know, that he can talk to us and help us see little niches here and there and what he's showing us of how we can use that. Every, every person, every word, every interaction with anything is a way for us to grow and become greater if we're open to it. So to kind of say it has to be positive, okay? I, 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 I almost feel an irritation when I hear people talking about positivity. And it's because positivity is like drinking just alkaline water and it has no fizz, okay? It, it is that difference. It is that somebody that can say something that stimulates me, that might even bring me to wanting to say no to that or challenge, bring something else up in me, okay? That is the gift of the body-mind. And we wanna, we wanna take these oppositions. We wanna take these these differences. We want to take all this stuff and we want to make it exciting and make it an exploring of what it is to be human and to know that our world is a feast, a feast 
for those differences, the cultural changes, the spiritual changes, the identity of each individual human being uniquely of itself, that is what makes life interesting. And that is the very reason to treasure life, not to see yourself as victim of but to take it in and rejoice with it and be very, very grateful, as John says here, allow the gratitude of that to be what creates your health, your wealth, and your happiness. That's where you want to go. Okay, going to get off my box here, and we're going to go over to uh, Steve Jones is sitting there in uh, Toronto someplace. Where are you, Steve? Hey, I'm in Toronto. Where? Okay. So what did you so get out of? Well, I, I think just from what you were saying, you know, with the, the in choosing positive and negative, it almost makes you take a side because if it's because you're looking at it for your own personal, whether it's good for you or you see it as good or you see it as bad. So you're taking a side. Well, that's not what I want. And so you you say that the, that other thing is bad, but that's just in your personal perspective. And in, in this chapter, he really focuses on the importance of not judging that and embracing that, uh, the opposite and seeing the importance in it and why it even exists. And I know for myself that I've seen opposites for a lot of my life as bad and, and, and you know, just because it wasn't what I was. I mean, I thought, well, it's not like me, so that's not the way it should be. But having this perspective where there needs to be a balance it really is a lot you know healthier way to look at things because even though it may the person may have the exact opposite values of you and and he says that there is a person in the world that balances you that whatever you value they value the opposite so you could easily maybe see that person as an enemy if, if you know say that person i really don't like that but uh to realize that they are actually almost, you know, one of the most close closest things to you because they almost validate you if they're exactly your opposite, that you know, you're each other's validation in that world. So to get to give that perspective, you know, you know, gives me a different way to look at it rather than say it's bad and 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 it's it's a lot more comfortable perspective for myself um he, you know he talks about how that when if you're so rigid in your in your beliefs and and in that box uh that you're going to attract the opposite so if you if you really are holding on to it you you're magnetizing it almost has to happen it's almost like the laws of physics say that because you're so focused on this one way there has to be the opposite that comes to balance you out because you're kind of imbalanced in that you're not you're not seeing things in that in that perspective that everything is is you know has a place you're you're saying this has to be this way well you hold on to that the harder you hold on to that is the more magnetics it's going to bring someone who has the opposite of that and like you said it, it's it could be a humbling experience because this person who's going to be in front of you is going to you know be the opposite of you and that can you know that can that can be uh pretty challenging um you know he talks about with the emotional reactions like that that 
uh, like Geraldine was saying that, you know, if something, if you have an emotion about something, it's running you. And, but if you have love for it, the, the, the love, you can run things that you have love for because you're, you're not taking a side, you're seeing things from a larger perspective and you're being able to see their place in it rather than just your, your stance of it. So, and once you do that, you're not reacting. You you can choose how to act rather than oh my gosh, this this person is like this or that. This person is like that. You can when you love and give acceptance to <laughs> to everybody, um, then uh, you have you you can uh, have a lot bigger perspective. Um, he talks about when when someone bullies you, it means that you're just. Uh, disempowered in some area of your life and that reminds me of a of a story that you know you have to be faster than the goose if you, if it's trying to bite you and um, that uh, you know he talks about the tsunami and though so many people were affected by it th there were people who actually had great benefit from it it all depends on your perspective there's some people who whose businesses really boomed because of the tsunami and to other people, it was, it was really, uh, you know, obviously very terrible. And uh, again, after, especially like, you, you know, using something like 911 or 911 or 911, that event where, you know, he sat down and, and, you know, basically balanced all the, the negativity uh, that people were seeing and in himself just wrote out like, like, um, someone mentioned like three pages of things i mean how many how many times how many times do we do that when we see something like that to be that opposite and be the positive opposite of, of what that brings that was really powerful for me um yeah. and you know something that was really controversial that i that he talked about was that uh about dictators and he actually talks about you know hitler and how the these dictators and that are um are really just because of how people uh, or they come up because people are disempowered and i just look at our country and maybe there's a reflection there yeah that's great uh the little guy that i've got sitting here heard your voice and wanted to get up to see where you're at so that's katsu here okay so he's hearing you talk i want to i have steve jones is a little pet person here we call him katsu and he heard steve's voice because steve is in one place and he's in another and he wanted to get up and see where his daddy was so that's just love we just experienced love okay all right so with the rest of the co-hosts what are you know some of the things that you'd like to tie up here because we've got like what about five ten minutes here what would you like to actually share within your own experience of some of the things that John has covered in this chapter, especially with opposites. You know, I, I feel when I say interconnected, that means that I'm connected to everything. So I don't see the world as black and white and positive and negative as much as what I hear other people talk. I don't look for the positive. I simply look for the effects. And when you're seeking effects, instead of trying to, again, judge, label, and diagnose, you actually have it, you're, you integrate it more. 
and it becomes more of what you what you what what you can digest easily and actually see the good in it it's like uh definitely always uh, i'm seeing there's I, i'm seeing people who actually seem to enjoy being very abrupt or rude or whatever and when i watch that i simply just smile at it and so many times when they're being abrupt or pushy or whatever and they see me just smiling they'll actually say in a very irritated way you know so what are you smiling at and i always say you and then they say well you know bubbles they go off onto something else and i just keep smiling and it's that i never leave that situation without saying you make a difference and you are counted you know and i think that what we're seeing in the world today is that we all need to make sure that we let other people know that it doesn't matter what that difference is is that we are humanity and in that i am possible of everything i see whether i see it as gross atrocious atrocities or whatever there's a part of us in that as long as there's one of us there is the all of us and if we can begin to work from where we are with it to make the difference then we're going to see those changes but we don't ever want to get rid of the contrast or the balance and as long as there's balance you have to be in support of the opposition okay what do we anyone else want to add some two cents to that no, I I'm usually have a bunch of chaotic. Cocoa. I liked what you said about uh, the world is a feast of of uh, the world is a feast of those differences, differences. I was at a train station recently and I actually took the time and that is a, a different kind of a behavior of me. I took the time to sit on a bench and watch the people streaming in from the trains. It was an amazing experience, not just I mean, just the way they dressed, the way they were holding themselves, the way they walked, the energies I could feel around them. It was just such, I was so touched by the creativity of the one. I mean, everybody was different. Everybody of these hundreds of people, they were, they were all so different, you know? And then at the same time, I thought about, my God, we're all the same. And I had a, hard, a little bit of hard time because my senses were just overpowered. But it is so true. There is so much um, uh, connection still in the differences, you know, and the difference is enriching and inspiring. Actually, it was actually I was I can I can use the word enthused about it, seeing that. So I wanted to share that. And and it isn't hard, you know, to be with the differences. It must not be hard or heavy. OK, anyone else? This is LOA. And yes, like a applying this to a current work situation where one person is expressing um, that they're feeling, you know, there's too much pressure on them, et cetera, et cetera. And they then have put that out that it's because of this person, that person, this person. And to be able to step back and observe that instead of feeling whatever it might be annoyed or, but then to annoy, know that that annoyed feeling is, is body chemistry. So to not even have to try and push away the annoyed feeling, just name it. Okay, that's annoyed, right? Now, and as, as you said, it's quite powerful then to not look to seek to feel comfortable and feel okay, but look to seek what is the outcome here. And when you're running a business, it's, it's not about you have to go back to what's the outcome of your business. 
And it may not be about, you may not be the counselling service. You have other people who are very good at that. It's, it's you know, direct people to the right place. So that was one. See the feeling. Don't try and push it away. Name it. All right. Anybody else? We got a couple of minutes here. Yeah, this is Trina. When I read the title of this particular chapter, the very first thing, because he talks about, you know, everything being loaded on one side and what what there were a couple of things that popped up to me, but the first image was the little was the teeter totters that we used to have that we played on. And if you went and sat on one side and nobody got on the other side, you just couldn't have any fun. You had to find someone else that countered your way in order to be able to go up and down and enjoy yourself. And I went, wow, that's pretty cool. The other picture that popped in was the scales. It's like in order to understand the weight of something or like um, big, um, big lifts have counterbalances and stuff, you need to have that opposite on a scale in order to gain the information that you need to know how much something weighs. So there's so many examples in life, and I don't think we apply this necessarily to relationships and people and things, but I do know working on one issue campaign in one particular place, I really sat down with my opposition and I said, explain to me, teach me what it is. And I learned so much about the fear of what was going through families. And this was a GMO labeling initiative, it really got down to the fear of their life, their lifestyle and making, making ends meet, being able to grow things. And it opened up a whole new world for me, just taking that time, sitting there and asking her, why are you opposed to putting a label on a box? And I, I learned greatly from that experience. Okay, very, very good. All right, we want to close up and we will actually be taking to our next chapter next week. And I want to thank my co-hosts again for making adjustments and helping us get, get our show on the air. And uh, we will actually be starting a new book within uh, next week. We'll finish pretty much finish this book up and we'll be starting a new book. It would be very much to our interest if you would actually go on our Facebook and suggest some of the books that you've read and uh, actually share with us what you got out of them. It would be always, we're open to your comments and for the many of you that contact me on my particular media and stuff, I, I appreciate your feedback, I do. I do. As I tell you in some instances, I don't always agree, but in not seeing it the way you see it, I have learned more. So I am always very grateful for whatever that input and that reflection is. So definitely make sure that you continue to let us know where you're at and definitely bring your questions and things to us. Meanwhile, we are Quantum League Book Club and we want you to have a great week until we talk to you again. And definitely let your friends know about us and bring some more people on. We love actually seeing the change that it makes. Wait out all of you and have a wonderful week. OCO. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.